Here we go. Hi, welcome everyone to Time to Come Alive. All right, my name is Valerie Hope. For those of you that don't know me or this is the first time that you've joined us, welcome, welcome to our time together. I'm really excited today because I had the opportunity to bring on a very dear and special friend to join me on the call. It's the first time I'm doing this. And, and I think those of you who heard the session last week might know that partnership it was, was the topic for our session last week. And I mentioned how throughout my life, I've been that independent, go-getter, assertive, lone wolf. And I've gotten a lot of praise, opportunity, and confidence because of that. And at the same time, over the last few years, I've really started to appreciate and build the muscle for partnering with other people that have complementary skills, perspective, opportunities for us to engage in. And that's really enriched my life. I've always had friends, but really using that uh, opportunity to partner with somebody has been a muscle that I've had to develop over time. And it's, I'm getting better and better at it every day. And I have to say that I've just bust through a whole different obstacle or a mental obstacle by engaging someone in this particular call in our Time to Come Alive session. So today's special guest, drum roll, is Hardy. Terry is, a, first of all, just a phenomenal human being. Had the, the benefit of learning so much from her and uh, her co-teacher, Connie Cox, maybe, gosh, Terry, how long has it been now? Four Almost years? Five years. Five years ago, yeah. when they came to my church, actually, to do a course on nonviolent communication. And since that course, I've had so many wonderful insights and breakthroughs by learning what they taught. And obviously, because this week we celebrated here in the U.S., Martin Luther King's birthday, which was yesterday. And the premise in which he did his work was nonviolent. I thought this would, would be a great topic to bring on. Now, the cool thing about this is that the nonviolent communication has a whole different connotation when we're talking about it from Terry's perspective. And we'll get into the nitty gritty in just a moment because it, it really shifted my view from violence being aggression and force, and it's especially when, when it relates to when we're talking about politics or we're talking about challenges in our society. What I learned about violence that was so eye-opening was the violence, that, the everyday violence that we engage in with our emotions and our needs. And so today we're really gonna help you all figure out some ways that you can explore even further yourself. This, this show is really all about personal leadership and being able to take tools and resources that then you can apply into your life. So I'm so thrilled that Terry's here to do this with us and provide a wonderful, mindful exercise that we're gonna be taking part in first. So we're gonna do mindfulness first. We'll then have an opportunity you hear more about Terry and what she's up to, and I'll introduce her properly. And then we'll open up the lines as you all are accustomed to, accustomed to, to share your comments, questions, any particular issues that you'd like to bring up. And Terry and I will address them head on. <laughs> all right, so let's get started. First thing, being mindful is probably the best way to engage in this call. We like to call it in the nonviolent communication lingo, is, is, is centering, right, is self-centering. Mm -hmm. The way I'd like to do that today is wherever you are, whether you are in your car or in your office or in your home, find a comfortable place to be. Sit down if you can. If you have the opportunity to sit, please do, because that'll help you center even further. And I want you to really pay attention to where your, your feet are, sit, are sitting flat on the ground, so no cross legs. Make sure that you feel completely supported by the ground. As you do that, take a deep breath in. Take another deep breath. We can never use enough oxygen. So another deep breath in. 
Today's mindful moment, we're really going to focus on how to connect with our feelings and our needs, as this is going to be the basis for the conversation today. I want you to do is to really just let your body relax in whatever position you're in. Now be safe if you are driving or if you're someplace that you cannot close your eyes, don't do so. But if you can, lower your gaze or close your eyes, whatever's most comfortable so that you can allow the rest of your body to relax. Continue to breathe deeply. So you wanna mindfully relax your eyes, eyelids, your jaw, your neck, your shoulders. Allow that relaxation to flow through your arms, all the way to your hands. Whatever adjustment you need to make to allow your body to become fully relaxed, please do. Continue to find your breath. Sensing your breath as it goes in your body and also comes out. Now also ground yourself by having no judgment about what's happening in the world around you. Whether you're alone in the room and you hear a clock ticking or if you're surrounded by other people and there's chatter. Find ways to disengage any judgment from what you're hearing around you. So now I want you to ask yourself, what are you feeling right now? Consider the emotion that you're experiencing. Are you feeling peaceful, playful? Are you feeling mad, nervous, tired, loving? grateful, I think through any word that comes to mind to identify the emotion that you're experiencing right now. Again, with no judgment, observe the emotion and continue to breathe. Our feelings are bits of information that we receive from inside. So I want you to go down even further, go further inward and think, what am I needing right now? What am I needing right now? Are you needing connection? Adventure, support, might it be rest, perhaps belonging or community. So go inward, just uncover what might you be needing in this moment. And again, no judgment. Accept what you're feeling and what you're needing in this very moment fully. Take another couple of deep breaths. I'm gonna invite you to return your attention back to the room around you, back to the screen, back to the phone line to join us once more. Now I have that distinct pleasure I mentioned earlier to introduce my dear friend, Terry. 
Oh, Terry is a retired fitness trainer, but you wouldn't know it. The level of energy that she <laughs> brings into a room, she really lights it up. She lights it up, she sparks it into action. And that's one of the things that I most admire about her. Not only the smile, but her body language conveys just the energy and the passion that she brings to everything she does. And as I mentioned before, I met Terry about five years ago when she and her uh, partner, Connie Cox, both came in to do a workshop on nonviolent communication. Now, Terry was introduced to nonviolent communication by a mentor, Jay Johnson, who's also fortunately on this call too. So I'm so glad I'm surrounded communication experts today. <laughs> and, and what's interesting is we'll talk a little bit more about nonviolent communication, but the, the premise is not about aggression, not about fighting. It's really about how we sometimes lose connection to ourselves and that creates violence. That creates violence. And we'll, we'll like I said, we'll go into it a little bit more. What I also find really admirable is the way that Terry contributes her knowledge and her expertise beyond doing the courses that she's done with me and others on a weekly basis, she and Connie also go to the Tarrant County Jail in Fort Worth, Texas, and, and do uh, conduct sessions and support group of women inmates in using the techniques that we're going to be talking about today. So, Terry, welcome. Thank you. Together. Hope. Really nice to be with you. Nice to be with you, too. I'm curious. We'll start off with how did you feel when we talked about feeling a need for this morning, self-connection? What came up for you? I felt relief. You want to know why? When I wake up at 7, normally I can go, oh, this is fabulous, and then just roll over and do anything, read or go back to sleep. And this morning when I woke up at 7, out of a with an alarm that I don't normally ever have to use, mm -hmm. I felt that irritation, and I asked myself, you know, what do you feel? I thought, oh, you can't be serious. That it was actually because I had to get my body up, and it was it had come from complete sleep. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. Let's go to the bathroom. So you know, we start. <laughs> In and I, uh, in the shower, I thought, oh, this is a bit interesting too. But I'm feeling by that time I had I, I was feeling very heavy. My body just felt heavy, the water coming down. Thinking, okay, thinking, but feeling, and then that the the feelings kind of shift. It was really nice to know that I was going to be on this call doing something earlier in the day than I normally do because my body was just not like what this seemed like a good idea to do at one time but in this moment uh you know <laughs> so I thought it'd probably be good to just go with the feeling and as soon as I started moving then I noticed that heavy's gone mm -hmm. heavy in my body it's not even gone at all so it could be years ago before I knew anything about how to connect with that part of my body that has these things we call feelings, I could have acted on it from the very get-go. Like, why do I do this? I'll never do this again. I don't, I'm not going to do anything till noon. Uh, and that's not what I, that's not who I want to be. That's not the first way I want to greet the day. It could be my last day. I don't want to start it like that. So I, that's an example of uh, when I, you, the question you asked me was, what were you feeling when we did the, the exercise? And I, it was mostly just relief and calm because I had been kind of unusually aware from the, for the last about an hour and a half preparing for the call, getting out of bed and getting ready. And it, it got to be a really kind of funny and fun experience instead of just a not pleasant one. And I want to play the game like Marshall talked about, Marshall Rosenberg, the, the writer of the book uh, and the, the developer of nonviolent communication. He used to say, what game, you know, do you want to play? He, the game he wanted to play was, how can I make your life more wonderful? How can I make my own life more wonderful? Instead of yeah. who's right? 
Mm. You know, who's right? Oh, I'm right. I'm never going to do this again before noon. <laughs> oh, I don't, it's not the game I want to play anymore. The game I want to play is to, you know, kind of be vulnerable enough to tell you, yeah, I was a bit irritated. That's, it doesn't, it, that vulnerability connects me because I'm guessing since, um, Irritation is an example of a need that everybody has. Mm -hmm. Everyone that am I, when I'm vulnerable enough to say, I felt or I feel irritated that there's a connection there mm. of something, no matter what, that you understand. Yes. No matter where you're from in the world, no matter who you are or who I am. And that's the, that's what we seek to, to connect with people, even if our strategies and how to do life are completely different. That's one thing you, you we, when we talked a few days ago, you mentioned strategies and I'd forgotten this about the course. Can you tell, can you tell the group here, what is it about strategies like that response that initial response that you have to that feeling that need that you uncover right that you apply some sort of technique or strategy to what is it about that that makes that how is that related to nonviolent communication it's marshall said that we all do what we do we say what we say we think what we think we do everything to meet a need. We do what we do to meet a need. We may not know it, but that was worth thinking about for me when I first heard it. That could make things a lot different. Somebody that I'm looking at driving right in front of me has, if he's doing that, or she's doing that, and there's a, a need that they're trying to meet, mm -hmm. it makes it a whole lot different than some idiot crossing across me, you know, doing something stupid. And that puts me in the place where I am basically violent with that person that I don't even know they're in a different car than, than I'm in. Mm -hmm. So the strategy for, we, we're both, both of us are, on the road going somewhere and this guy crossing across my car has a strategy of how to get to where he's going. I have a strategy of how to get to where I'm going. And obviously because of my response of what kind of an idiot does that. And maybe he is on his way to the hospital and he's thinking, what kind of an, get out of my way. To me, maybe that's what he's thinking. I have no idea. But the two strategies may not be working at all because our cars are not even in alignment, not alone ourselves. So when we can back off and <clears throat> realize there may be a need that someone's trying to meet by what they're doing. Mm. And maybe they're not going about it in a way that I enjoy or vice versa. But the need that we have underneath is going to be in common. Mm -hmm. That person may, the, with the car, may be meeting a need to travel to another space. And I may be needing to travel to a space. So we have a need to move. Mm -hmm. Everybody understands that. I have a need to somewhere to go somewhere the strategy, really... yeah Sorry. the strategy we use may be uh, way uh, and so if we only talk about our strategy chances are we're not going to be able to connect if so we, can, we can I experienced this with you uh, that first phone call we had because again like I said I'm really building that muscle for partnership when, when you, <laughs> and full disclosure, so when Terry and I were starting to go through the process of thinking about putting this call together and what we're going to talk about, my, I was feeling nervous. I was feeling uh, out of like 
I was going to, I need, I had a need for control. I had a need for certainty that this was going to go well, that this was a good decision to do. <laughs> and, and I found myself first, I didn't even think about the need. I didn't think about the feeling, but I went into the call with you, Terry, saying like, okay, here's what the agenda is going to be. This is what I usually do on the call. This is why I do the call. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, if I tell her all of this stuff and to make it sound really important, <laughs> we can't mess this up. <laughs> and, and then Terry, in your wonderful way, just lightening things up, light, you just lighten it up. And you have such great listening, you have such a powerful listening that you are able to take what I said in, in your own words show me that you got it, that, that, that was the moment where I said, I actually can trust her. I can trust this. And, and I then was able to share with you. I said, look, I'm nervous. I want this to go well. You know, I have a need for certainty. I have a need for, for professionalism. I have a need for <laughs> all of these things I shared. And, and you were so gracious in giving me that space. You said something that was really profound that, um, that I think is helpful when we communicate with other people is that being that present to our feeling and need gives people the permission or the space to also get uh, become aware of their feeling and need. So talk about how do you create that safety? How you did it so well with me. I instantly felt like I just need to own up to what's really happening for me so that we can get through this, this issue. How do you do that? That was a good example, <clears throat> a better one. And I'd like to use your example because when you were asking questions and I could tell that you were wanting structure. Mm -hmm. And when I asked you, it, you that you were, uh, then I could tell that that was your strategy to meet your needs of professionalism and effectiveness. And then when I asked you um, what needs are underneath the strategy that you have to have structure. And uh, you said well, those things you know, professionalism, et cetera. And then you shifted completely because you, it, why did you shift completely once we, talk, once we started talking about, well, that's just a strategy. My need is just to be <laughs> professional. And I want, you said, I want people who come onto the call to be able to use this, whatever this is, right away. Mm -hmm. I want it to be valid. What did, you, you didn't say valid. You said Re relevant. I relevant. Think. Yeah. I yeah. want to relevant and helpful and then when I ask you it's so it's important to you to really contribute to these people that call in and and then your face started yeah you know the whole body language <laughs> and we were <laughs> we begin then talking about the the thing we have in common we, mm -hmm. we want to contribute we got born into this world with in our brains this need to contribute is big it's it's our we share that value Mm -hmm. Not other people may have different needs that are higher of, of higher value to them or lower value than this one to contribute, but everybody understands how it feels to contribute to a little needy animal or to contribute to a, a woman in a jail uh, or a neighbor. So that safety you were looking for. Seem, you, seem, you seemed to, to start to feel it yes. once we started talking about what you really wanted to do. And then, then the strategy of wanting to be structured didn't seem to me like it was that important to you. It was important, but not as important to where you had a little vibrating nervousness about it. Yeah. Is that, is that close? That's very close. It is. But I, what I want to call out here is that that's how so many of us go about life. There are things that we want from others. There are things that we have, you know, we have expectations, we have needs that are, are unfulfilled or that we like to have met. And yet we don't communicate the need. We begin to apply a strategy that we think would work. 
And in my case, my strategy was, if I give somebody the structure I want, that will, A, I will feel good because I'm asserting this is the, what, I, what I need. But rather than saying, I need certainty, I need, I need commitment, I need trust, I, you know, I would say, I need an agenda. <laughs> I, I need your three bullet points and your bio. <laughs> and so then it doesn't give us an opportunity to connect on creating a strategy together. Yeah. And this is a piece I think is so powerful for, for the rest of the, the listeners is to really think about how we communicate what we need to people and how much opportunity does the person then have to respond and meet that need in a way that's also fulfilling for them. And what made such a huge difference, and, and Terry, chime in if I'm, I'm off here, but what made such a difference in thinking about you know, nonviolent communication, which by the way, you already referenced is a book by Marshall Rosenberg, mm -hmm. interested. And the, the reason that that violence between people happened, and I'm not just talking, like I said, about some physical aggression, we're talking about we fight each other's strategy. Mm -hmm. We don't seldom fight over each other's needs. You know, I give you a very small example. And over the weekend, I've just still been so present to all this. <laughs> you know, when, when my boyfriend was really hungry and his strategy was to try to hurry me up so that we can go eat. <laughs> and my need was for connection and relaxation and calm. <laughs> and I felt so pressured that I almost said, well, you know what? Go. If you wanted to go so in such a hurry, then just go. <laughs> But I had enough presence, and that's why that self-connection is so important, that being so mindful is so key. I had enough presence of mind for just a split second, although I felt the irritation, I felt that, that rush, that, that lack of understanding, I felt. Um, I just could take a pause and say, okay, his need is, is he's hungry, he needs to eat now. <laughs> My need is connection. The two are not mutually exclusive. Let's see how we can work this out. And just expressing that, ah, we were able to actually slow things down enough so that we can both have our needs met without having to use the violence of arguing over a strategy. And, and you were able to talk to him about it, like right then in the real time? Yeah. Wow, yes. that, is, yes. that is master's level NBC. <laughs> I don't know about master's level. I definitely had a moment of I needed to be with the feeling. I'm, again, just used to, not always used to exploring the feeling and need that profoundly. So being able to communicate, it can sometimes be a little clumsy for me. Oh, yeah. You know, and which is why I, I provided those on the call, sent out an email, and, I, and uh, I may have referenced it in my post on Facebook that people could use the, the universal needs list. <laughs> awesome. And also feelings. Oh, you're, yeah. We don't always have language for it, not naturally anyway. You, you know, you said something really interesting about we try to conceal, we tend to try to find out what is alive in another person, what's, what's really going on with another person because we feel energetically something's happening. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that both of us are trying to conceal that same thing. We're trying to figure it out, but we're also trying to hide it. And, and that's where the violence, you know, that's why we start using all these strategies. Um, Terry, can you talk a little bit with us about, um, before we open up the lines, and I want to open up the line in the next couple minutes, but I want you to talk about how, um, how do we find out what's alive in another person? So let's say I'm, I'm irritated about something and I'm not master's level today, <laughs> but, but how, but I know that you might, there's something else going on with you. How do I then cut through that strategy or cut through what my, I might be perceiving as, you know, irritating so that I can really get to know what's happening. What, what can you tell the, the listeners about that would help? Them? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that, you, you, that list. Look at my list. This, I've been doing this since 2004. <laughs> and uh, it goes in, there's one in my car. There's one in my purse and it's not pretty but i i need to know what's going on with me mm. 
so that I don't charge out or say something I'm going to regret. Um, and so that I can be more of the person that I really want to be in the world. And if you, I guess your example of, let's say you've, you've annoyed me or I'm annoyed. Well, if I'm annoyed enough, I don't think about what I'm needing, what you're needing. I'm just thinking about what is annoying me and how to make it stop. Hmm. So the very first thing is, like you said in the very beginning of the call, is just that breath, to take that breath. My friend John says, pause when agitated. Um, because I can't even remember that there are feelings going on in me when I am angry or um, sad or feeling despair. So this is practice. This doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that you read Marshall's book and just get it. But the, and wait, you're telling your original question, so I stay on point. Yeah, so how do we, how do we help the other person express their needs? So if somebody comes and says, hey, where's that report? Or hey, how come you haven't called me back? Or hey, and you can obviously see that they're applying some strategy to get something, but they're not revealing that they're feeling irritated, sad, lonely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. An example helps me a lot. So you've come to me and said, where's that report? And in a tone of voice that makes me feel like I am in danger. And mm -hmm. so that, after practicing, I feel just in the example, I can feel a sense of fear, uh, wanting. Fear tells me that's a feeling, right? And I know from reading Marshall's book, uh, that feeling is alive in me because I have a need. It's not just alive in me because of nothing. It's alive in me, and it's not alive in me just because you wanted that report and you said that. Mm. Because I have a need, perhaps, to be, to keep this job, to keep you happy if you're my boss, and a need for respect, a need for understanding. Uh, so the, the very first thing that I practice is remembering that I have a need and when a feeling has come, stop. I can tell you about that report in one minute. Can, you, can we pause for one minute? And during that time, I'm saying, Terry Lynn, what in the world are you feeling? Because if I can't connect with me, hmm. what are the chances? If I can't connect what's really alive in me, what are the best parts of me? What are the vulnerable parts of me? How am I going to answer you in a way that has much of a chance of meeting your need for trusting that I'm going to get you the report? Hmm. Uh, so when I can say, now, there were two reports that you wanted. I'm a little confused. That's a feeling. Mm -hmm. Because one was due today and one was due to next week. And you're asking me for one. And I'm wondering if you could give me a little clarity of which report you wanted uh, at, the, at uh, today's date. Mm. That just comes to me. But does, does that kind of speak to your question? Yeah, so what I got from what you said is number one is we absolutely have to be connected to ourselves. Yes. We have to be able to just take a moment. And I know it sounds really weird to say that somebody says, where's that report? And you go, give me a moment. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that probably is not likely going yeah. to happen. At Chill, least boss. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but this is, but, but like what you say is so true because I've noticed it in myself and Again, having a, a, some sort of practice. Now, for some of us, that might be exercise. For others, it might be meditation. For us, for some of us is you're going for a walk with your dog. Whatever that is, find a way to slow down your mind just enough to get clear about what is it that you're feeling and needing in the moment, and then communicating that. I, I've learned, you know, I, I have three brothers, 
and um, I'm the only girl. Communicating with them is, is different than communicating with other women. We tend to want to guess each other's feelings more readily, it seems. Like, it's almost like a game <laughs> for us. Like, oh, you must be so sad. Oh, my gosh, you must be so excited. Oh, no, we do those things a lot. Men don't tend to respond that way as often. At least my brothers haven't. And what I've started to do with them as I understand more about how to communicate is I tell them, hey, I haven't talked to you in a couple, couple weeks. I just need time to connect. Is this a good time? Or I'm feeling a little out of sorts or lonely today and just want to see what's up with you. But if I say that, oh, man, there's so much more available to me. They will either put things down so they address and take time with me, or they might say, hey, Matt, right now, can I call you back in a half hour or can we talk tomorrow? But I find that having my needs met always start with being able to articulate my feeling and need, not apply some manipulation, right? Strategy, another word for strategy could be that manipulation, something that we know works, mm -hmm. something that we know will get that person to light a fire under their butt <laughs> to get a movie yeah. or that, or that they will feel sorry for us. And then, oh, whatever that little, the strategy is how we manipulate people to meet our needs. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that a people usually can see beyond the strategy or that manipulation doesn't feel good to us to have to apply it, nor does it feel good to have to respond to somebody. No one likes to feel manipulated either. Mm -hmm. and, and what I also see that is so important is for us to create enough space, meaning uh, another word for it could be grace, another word could be understanding or compassion, that another person may not be some enlightened master like us. <laughs> <laughs> and we might say, wow, I, I can sense you're irritated right now. I can sense you're in a rush. Sounds like you really need this to be efficient. And then that, when we are centered, we can then give enough space for the other person to be able to hear the other person in a more generous way. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I got. Well, I don't, I don't want to delay more because I just, there's so much we could talk about, but I, I want to unmute the line or not, let's not say, it. I'm not going to unmute the line. I'm going to allow you all to unmute yourself, but please raise your hand if you found any of the information that Terry and I shared. And you can raise your hand by clicking on the little hand raising icon, or if you're on the phone, you can hit star nine, and that'll show that you're raising your hand. But does any of, so far, has this, does this resonate with you all? Just raise your hand if it's a yes. And if you'd like to communicate something or share something, an example, um, unmute yourself and you can hit star six if you're on the telephone to unmute or you can click your microphone icon on the computer. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are so far. How is this related to what you said? Love to hear from whoever is at the phone number uh, with the area code 315. What are you getting from our conversation so far? And, and, this and where is, are you from? What is this your name? is Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Sarah, tell us where you're calling from. Louisville, Texas. Welcome. What are you getting so far, Sarah? I need to be more centered so I can reflect instead of react. Mm. Wow. I need well to set. that in. That's Sarah. That's awesome. So it's very comforting to listen and to react, not react, but to resonate with like-minded people. Hmm. And that's what I really appreciate and what I'm learning and I feel validation. So I appreciate all of you. Hmm. I appreciate you too, Sarah, participating in our call this morning. Well, I've been here, but I hit pound instead of star. <laughs> How did that strategy work for you? <laughs> <laughs> did. Like I'm here. I'm here. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's hear I will, from. I will mute uh, myself. Thanks. <laughs> let's hear from Catherine or Georgia. What are you getting so far? What questions might you have? Just unmute yourself and speak up. Star six to unmute. Hi, this is Catherine. Good 
morning, Catherine. Tell us where you're calling from. I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I um, I think it's ironic that she touched on the uh, driving situation because as much as I don't like to always admit it, I tend to, um, especially in Dallas, it's always so chaotic and crazy. And I moved here from a city that was um, smaller and, and more calm. And, and so sometimes I take it personal when folks are like cutting me off and, and I'm like, what are you doing? And, and I just went on this long road trip to take my, um, the guy that I'm dating his daughter back to college on, on Sunday. And so I offered to drive to give him kind of a break since he's always driving. I call him Uber because he takes kids back and forth all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, someone was speeding and cut me off, almost hit us. And of course I get more, it's, I'm usually by myself, but when I have people in the car, I get more um, protective over the, the person or the, especially like it's his daughter and here I'm trying to be safe and make an impression. And that's, all these things are going through my mind. And, um, and it finally occurred to me that I thought, you know what, what if, cause just this past Friday, we had a scare with my nephew and they had to rush him um, in an ambulance. And so I started thinking like what she said, that what if it's not, it's not about me. It's not about the people in the car with me. What if they're going through something and they're, they have an emergency. So instead of sitting there and being stubborn and like staying in the lane, I thought, okay, let me move over. And apparently they have somewhere they need to be right now. So let me look past my own needs and think about, okay, what, what are they going through at the moment? And it kind of calmed me because I did get a little bit anxious. Mm. Could I respond to Catherine for a second, Valerie? Please. Please. I love what you said. And uh, there's two things I wanted to mention, Catherine. And one is self-compassion. Um, because I heard you say, I need to, and I should. And I, I say that too. And when I hear myself saying that, that's what tells me I need self-compassion. Um, I would, uh, I would ask myself if, oh, I'm feeling uh, nervous and aggravated and pressure from these people in the car. And then I could say, oh, Catherine, bless my little heart. I'm feeling pressure and you know the second you're connecting with yourself then you can get on your side so that you're not wrong and then it's easier for your brain to go to curiosity and what might be going on with the person who just moments ago you were calling a moron <laughs> <laughs> does that does that make sense where you, you it's the self-compassion the non-violence with yourself. You just call the guy an idiot in front of somebody in the car. And oh my gosh. Okay, Catherine, bless my heart. This is hard. I'm in the car right now, this is hard. This is pressure, I'm feeling a lot of. And then once it comes to you, uh, the heart relaxes, the, the brain that you, when you flip your lid, the brain starts to connect, the front of the brain starts to connect with the part that's scared or hurt or worried or pressured. That's when it comes to you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Curious. Maybe that guy. And there you are. And I wonder oh, I if you could kind of say back what you heard, Catherine. And I said that was a lot of words. Um, I guess initially getting in touch with that feeling or that emotion that I'm feeling at that particular moment and saying, it's okay to feel this way. Yeah. Wow. That's, you packed me so easily. <laughs> that's, just, that's like, wow, Catherine, you're a human. Ah, did, you know, we forget when an idiot drives across in the car, you know, it's like, ah. but yeah, humans forget that they have feelings. And then, and then when you remember, Oh, there, that's me forgetting that I had, I was irritated. I'm, I'm a human. It's okay. And that is the actual juice that allows your brain that you may have flipped your lid to 
re-engage with the part of the brain that goes, this is curious, that guy's a human too, something might be going on. And it doesn't happen often in real time. Sometimes this is why some of these callers and, and Hope's work here creating this, I think is a brilliant way to a new way of living in a world and to, to creating a new world, actually, quite honestly. So anything else, Karen, uh, Catherine, that you, you heard or that, that meant something? Yeah, I think part of the thing that um, I know that I struggle with is being vulnerable. And so um, sometimes being able to accept that connection or the feeling and, and go with it. And like you mentioned, whether that's bad or good, because for me, vulnerable used to feel very weak, like, and I've had to do some self-reflection, do some journaling, you know, other things to help me accept that vulnerability because I used to feel like oh this feels uncomfortable I feel very weak right now it doesn't feel right and so accepting that vulnerability I think is one of the things that you said that spoke to me good I'm glad to hear that yeah Marshall talked a lot about how we were educated we've all been educated that vulnerability is dumb and weak and what I'm learning is that vulnerability is strong and smart. I love that. Thanks so much Thank for sharing, Catherine. Wow. Catherine, you rock, girlfriend. <laughs> and, I, and I want to acknowledge you, Catherine, too, because what you shared and the fact that you shared it is an act of vulnerability. Get that? Thank you. And not only just the sharing, because when you're, what you shared also conveys something, conveys what's important to you, conveys an area of your life that you'd like to actually have some sort of breakthrough in, that you'd like to make some shifts, right? And consider that it requires us to be vulnerable to, re to release or to reveal something if you want to address something. It's seldom that we will grow in any area that we conceal. You know, you can't, you can't unclutter a closet that is locked with a padlock. <laughs> You've got to unlock it. You've got to open it up and before you can start taking out and, and dealing with the things that are in there. And I feel that way about vulnerability too. You know? so, I love that, that the padlock. I can't get to the clutter unless if I have a padlock on that closet. That is brilliant. I love it. Thank you so much for that. Hope. Valerie. I'm gonna call, you, I'm gonna call, you call me Hope. I'm hey. like, Hope's my hey, Hope. Ah. All right. <laughs> I want to hear from Georgia. Georgia raised her hand earlier. Georgia, what do you what would you like to share? What question do you have? Hey Garrett. <laughs> So regimented. This is that. This is that structure I created. By the way, it's working. <laughs> Georgia, tell us who you are here? and where you're calling from. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? We yes. Can. Oh, I've never done one of these before. Welcome. <laughs> I'm feeling a little, a little, little bit um, confused. Oh. But now that I found my bearings. Good morning to you. I tuned in to see my beautiful friend TD because I've been missing her lovely face. <laughs> and, the, and to celebrate you, being able to spread the wonderful NBC. Mm. Mm. So Georgia, where are you practice. calling from? Oh, I'm from Arlington. Arlington. Terry's Terry's home away from home. Yes. <laughs> Her little stopping point on her yes. way to the jail some days. Yeah. Okay. Um, to teach class not to stay at the jail. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, not, there's anything wrong with staying there. Sometimes yeah. the best things happen there, but uh, That's true. Yeah. just to clarify. Um, yes. I tuned in to listen. Um, like I said, to celebrate the opportunity uh, for TD to be able to talk about NBC. 
-hmm. I've been practicing with her for many years. I have not recently um, due to some changes in our practice place, uh, but I hope to uh, update that soon. I used to also go with her and Connie to the jail and um, I miss that. I miss that. Uh, I will tell you NBC for getting a practice group together and practicing it. It's, the only way it can stay with you. <laughs> um, learning NBC was like me learning to speak Chinese, you know, it was so different from how I was raised to, to connect with my feelings um, before I responded to somebody. It changed my life, actually. Um, I guess it was about 2007 when I started NBC. No, it was actually 10 years. Yes. One moment. For those that are not familiar, NVC is the acronym for nonviolent communication. I wanted to make sure that was clear for others. And would you mind saying a little bit more about what was the change? Like, what was your life before and what's your life like now as a result of practicing this type of communication? Well, before, I didn't know I had all those feelings. I thought <laughs> there was angry. I thought I was either happy, angry, mad, or sad you know I didn't know I could be disappointed in something instead mm. I didn't know I didn't have to be mad I could just be disappointed in something because I needed to be heard or because I wanted to matter or I wanted respect before all I knew was I didn't know I needed respect I just knew you were making me mad you know and I was angry so all I could be was angry and not know why and I would just take it out on you you know mm. it was let me show you I'm angry. How many ways can I show you? And now I can stop and say, wow, <laughs> what's, what's bugging me? You know, well, as you get into NBC, we have different techniques called jackaling, where we can just, I can just call you every name in the world in my head and jump up and down and then connect with, yes. Okay, so they are being a so-and-so, but why is that making me angry? You know, um, so I have to connect with me. So I was able to connect with myself and take that pause before reacting, I guess, was one of the things, and then be able to listen to people in a different way. You know, here, try to connect with your feelings and what you, you might be. You know, I, I can remember at one point years ago, <laughs> Edie's probably heard this story, I was traveling with my daughter and son-in-law and he said something very rude to me, and I called him every name in the book inside my head. And then I thought, wow, why am I so mad? You know, and it's because I, I was angry. It's okay to be angry. It's like, I'm angry because I really would like to be appreciated and have some respect. And once I was able to connect with me, it, it calmed me down. You know, and I did this instantaneously because I'd been practicing for a while, but I was able to... Oh, just take that breath and think, well, why did he use that tragic strategy on me? What do you think his needs were? Well, he was, in my mind, I could only guess. And I'll never know if that was it, but it worked for me to guess that maybe he wanted some peace and harmony with his wife, you know, and so he jumped at me for something. So, you know, in that moment, it diffused everything. And before NBC, I would have been mad at him for the rest of the day or another week. And by the time I worked that out in my head, by the time we got to the hotel room, it was out of my mind, mm. even though I can't bring it up. But it's a good example of how that worked for me to take anger and relieve it right then instead of carrying it with me for days. Wow. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that, Georgia. One thing I got I think would be really helpful for the rest of the listeners is asking that question. Why might that person be using this strategy? Why are they choosing, choosing that strategy? And what need would they like met as a result? Because although they may be concealing the need, the strategy will probably point to what it is that they're committed to, that they would like to get. And we can respond to a need. It feels a lot more authentic for us. It's not as comfortable. We don't feel like we're being manipulated as much, right? We feel like, okay. You then choose, we can choose to then respond to that need. So that's, that's really brilliant. That question, I think, really will help that, that reflection of, okay, how can I meet this person's need as opposed to how do I defend, protect, 
withhold because I feel like I'm being manipulated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, we have time for one more comment. Thank you, Georgia. Thanks for letting me having TV on. It was a joy seeing both of you. Nice to meet you too, Valerie. Nice to meet you, Georgia. Thank you. I see Elaine's hand's been raised. So Elaine, what are you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What, uh, what are you needing? <laughs> well, I joined this conversation late today. Uh, I just had some of my own signals a little screwed up about where to go and how to join in. And so I found it, you know, I was just getting familiar with the conversation being raised. And I immediately found this inner barrage of self-attack going on. Why didn't I get here on time? <laughs> what I want to share is, as I go deeper into my own spiritual inquiry and self-care, oddly, it seems like the voice of the inner critic's volume and frequency of high volume is like greater than ever. <laughs> and yeah. I, it, it seems like I have less problem with, you know, blaming others and stuff like that. But Terry, I so much appreciated you, you know, talking about the simple act of whenever you're noticing some form of <laughs> alarm, attack, discomfort going on that you pause and breathe and open up to this space of curiosity, which essentially means, hmm, maybe there's another way I could look at this. Mm. And so for me, as I've been grappling with my own stuff <laughs> and daring to move back into kindness, I've been very surprised to see multiple times in the last week the Ho'oponopono practice come up, which, which is just another way of engaging in NVC, the nonviolent communication, for interrupting this whole human body-identified pattern of attack and defend, attack and defend. And it's so simple. So I actually, when I noticed my own stuff going on, like for being late and I didn't find it and I missed some of the stuff, I just started saying, I'm sorry, <laughs> like to myself, mm. I love you. Ugh. Please forgive me, which means mm. like just letting all of these judgments be erased. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Oh, and then this great one. Thank you. <laughs> because then as I say thank you, as I go through this process, then I'm back at the place of curiosity. Oh, hmm. what am I going to experience? Like, who's going to be here? Interesting, there was a Catherine Gonzalez here, and I know a Kathleen Gonzalez. And for a moment, I thought, oh, is this friend of mine from Arizona? Well, no, it's not her, but <laughs> then I'm curious. Oh, wow. who's Catherine? And who's wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so um, I'm happy to be here exploring this whole topic of finding these beautiful ways to get mm -hmm. kinder and curious mm -hmm. and more connected. Annie Lynn, you couldn't have said it better. That that was really, I think, the my need for today's session was a way to get us all not only connected with each other, which is why we, I have this call at all, but it's called Time to Come Alive, specifically because there's a Howard Thurman quote that I love, which he says, don't worry about what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs are more people who have come alive. And coming alive is connecting. Coming alive is loving ourselves. Coming alive is not having any, you know, releasing the judgment, being thankful. And so it was really well put. That's, that's really the purpose of, of this time together. And I'm so grateful, Terry, for you having introduced this. For some people, this is the first time they've heard of it. And it's an opportunity to explore for further like Terry mentioned, the book 
um, is Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. A um, Language of Life. <clears throat> language of Life. Yeah. Perfect. And please email me at Valerie at ValerieHope.com if you want information about the book, if you want the list of feelings and needs and you weren't able to get it initially. Yeah, <laughs> Terry's, <laughs> Terry's much loved version of it. Yeah. And and a part of this role, I'm, you know, I'm an executive coach and a professional speaker. And the reason I do this is an opportunity for me to share what's on the hearts and minds of people that I work with. You know, that's the things, the things that are, are, that are most essential for us to live a life in which we love. And I want to be able to bring that to life. And thank you all so very much for participating. We've hit the, the, the mark for the hour here. I want to respect people's time. I will, if Terry, if you have a few moments and you'd like to stay on for any additional questions that people might have, please do. As you all know, I will send, I will put the recording on Facebook, on LinkedIn, as well as send it via email. For those of you who are interested, subscribe to my YouTube channel and you'll be able to get the, the notification once this particular video is posted. So thank you all so much for your participation today free to email me with questions and Terry and I will stay here a little longer if you have a speci any specific issues you'd like to walk through or comments that you'd like to make. All right. Bye everybody. <laughs> Thanks Valerie. Thank you. Anything else that you'd like to share? When you Thank said you. Thanks Elaine. Or thanks. That wasn't Elaine. Who was that? Oh, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> oh. Go ahead, Terry. When you sent me the video of your last uh, call and I heard you, uh, I wanted to be your client immediately. I didn't know what an executive coach was, <laughs> just like I didn't know what a feeling was. And so I'm just so grateful that you're doing this work and just putting it out there, what you do so that people can be helped by it. Mm. And uh, I just think it's the smartest commercial <laughs> for your business, as well as a way for you to meet that need of yours to contribute. I'm, I just admire you. And I, even regardless of if I call you by the last, your last name and forget, <laughs> You know, I'm 65, I'm old, I get to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes, you're more than welcome to. I'm glad I remembered anything about it, you know, because <laughs> you know, I normally don't get up this early, but it's worth every second of it to be with you and everyone who called in. This is Oh, that's phenomenal. It, and I'll also, I don't think I've shared that with this with you, Terry, but one of my clients, my coaching clients, we actually talked about nonviolent communication and I actually had her, because there were some some conversations that she needed to have, some difficult conversations needed to have. And I showed her what you taught me on how to avoid conversations from blame and judgment. Uh, yet really looking at, okay, let's observe what are the facts of the issue? What are my feelings? What are my needs? And then what's the request? And it absolutely transformed the interactions that she was going to have with her team and her supervisors. And it, so it was... This stuff is so powerful. There's some very simple techniques for the most part, but that presence of mind to use them is usually the area that I like to explore. Because there's sometimes oh. we get so triggered that we forget that we have you know, so many tools at our disposal to communicate more effectively with people. And that's, that's been a huge game changer for me personally too. Mm. So glad for this reminder. I needed it. <laughs> That's the brilliance because I do think that inter that need for interdependence that we have to, uh, for each other. We're not trying to change other people's mind to match ours. We're trying to gather people who have the same values that we have. Like, like you mentioned, knowing what's going on in you, uh, what, what you're feeling, and and being willing to be vulnerable. That may not not only may that not be somebody's high value they may not even be able to access what feelings are going on in them and and then it's on us to be curious as to why someone what must someone have 
what trauma must someone have been through to not to in order to cope not be able to share what's going on i like to speak for those people because it's hard for them to speak for themselves but they don't need our judgment mm. <laughs> they've got enough of their own wow yes the what trauma might they have experienced use to have created that strategy to cope another great question yeah well you i just get goosebumps when i get to see your beautiful face <laughs> and that skin and you're young and you remember people's <laughs> names so i'm all about this everyone <laughs> that's in this it makes me feel like I, I i feel love and belonging and connection and that's not something i feel when i just wake up in the morning Look at that. And today you started feeling irritated. Look how you ended up. I know. Just a couple of hours. Not even noon yet. <laughs> what are you going to do with all this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so super grateful, Terry, to you and for you taking the time and just and being such a role model of, of how to love oneself and expand that love. And the ripple, like you said, right, the ripple effect of your love for yourself also impacts all of us. And mm -hmm. for being so generous and sharing that with me or throughout this week and with those of us that, that those uh, callers that joined our time today and anyone that will be watching this beyond well beyond this time will also benefit like think of that everything that you've shared and everything that you are will have a ripple continuous continuous ripple effect beyond just this moment and i think i think when i think about for myself that everything they do and say has an impact on others. And what's the impact that I want to leave on this world? Do I want to give things life or death, right? Do I, do I allow that to, to come through me so that it, it impacts others and their ripples will also impact other people? Yeah, that's the kind of world I want to live in. Here, here. Oh, all right. Well, with that said, I, I will end our time together. Thank you all so very much for joining us. Please, I welcome your comments, your questions, any, any additional resources that you'd like to share, Harry, and I'd be happy to send that out to the group. All right, yay. <laughs> all right, wonderful morning, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.